Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Life Enchanted Podcast, where it is my duty to explore all things related to living an optimized and fulfilling life. I personally am on the never-ending journey to improve myself and figured why not share my findings and my conversations with as many people as possible. This episode is brought to you by MyLifeEnchanted.com, which is where you can find all things related to the Life Enchanted movement. You can sign up for my email newsletter on there, read my blog, check out some apparel I designed, and a bunch of other stuff as well. Also, I would love to keep this podcast relatively sponsor-free, and to do that, I need your support through Patreon. You can visit the support tab on my website to learn more about that. Your contributions through Patreon will keep the Life Enchanted content flowing and will also help me dedicate more time to expanding the content, i.e. the blog and newsletter and whatnot. But most importantly, a portion of every cent that comes through Patreon and my online store will be donated to Metro World Child. You can find out more about them through my website on that support tab. Also, please consider leaving a rating and possibly a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're using. Your feedback helps other people discover the show and join the movement. Today's guest is filmmaker, entrepreneur, and podcast host Brian Sanders. And this was a very inspiring and motivating conversation for me. I already eat pretty dang clean, but after talking with this dude, my diet has been on a whole new level of clean and nutrient dense. And I think that you will find the same after listening to this. Brian is currently finishing the documentary film titled Food Lies, which features the world's leading scientists and nutrition experts sharing the entire story on what we as humans are supposed to eat, why over the last 60 years dietary recommendations took a turn for the worse, and how you can be a part of the solution. He's also the founder of Nose to Tail, which is a company that delivers premium grass-fed meats to your doorstep. He is the host of the Peak Human podcast, and he is just an overall awesome dude. So without further ado, Brian Sanders, ladies and gentlemen. I thought we could start with your uh, personal diet and nutrition story, because from what I've read about you and heard from you, it runs very similar to mine, and I think it's important for people to hear it. So when and why did you start looking at your diet and making changes to it? Yeah, it, it was right about when I turned 30. It's kind of the time when you can't eat whatever you want anymore and, you know, it starts catching up with you. And But then that was also the time that my parents got sick. Mm. And it was pretty sad because, I mean, it started a little earlier than that. But at 30, 31, I basically had no parents anymore. My dad died of cancer and my mom was in the later stages of Alzheimer's oh man around there yeah and and so now she's still around but she's just completely unresponsive at this point like can't even open her eyes and it's just mm-hmm. hit me hard obviously just just I'm you know I'm 30 31 I, I don't even have anyone to call to yeah. like talk about anything like, I, I just, it's just like I have no parents and it, obviously I needed to make a change and think about health and what did how did this happen to them mm. how can i not have the same thing happen to me and uh, around then my friends were 
kind of getting on this whole like, oh, Mark Sisson, you know, have you heard of this like, kind of more primal, you know, like look to our ancestors for diet and lifestyle mm-hmm. cues, right? And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then I, I started diving in and I, I gradually made changes and more and more and the more I researched, the, the, the better I felt and the more, the more of these things I implemented. And then I finally got to the point where I, uh, I I really got fat adapted. I really cut out all the grains and sugars and everything, and then it was insane. Mm. This was this wasn't even until two and a half years ago. You know, that's uh, I, I started the film a little bit later, which I'm making called Food Lies that we'll talk about later. But it really wasn't until about two and a half years ago when I really felt difference and woke up and was uh, saw how hazy I've been my whole life or how not optimal I've been yes. when you know what I mean? Like it really, there's, did you have that change? Absolutely. There's like a specific point. Dude. Yeah. Like we, we are very similar because I'm also 31 and about two and a half years ago, um, I started making changes and it actually stemmed from a Chris Cresser interview that I heard where he mm. kind of just broke some things down and I was like, geez, this is, this is kind of a big deal. And as I'm aging, I really need to start looking at what I am fueling my body with and see, see if I need to make some changes. So I just started doing little changes and integrating intermittent fasting as well. And I I saw huge, huge changes instantly in mood and sleep and fatigue and energy, um, and all that. And I was like, wow, this is very eye opening because it seems like I thought I was living pretty optimized and eating decently, but I've been poisoned pretty much my whole life and, and didn't even know it. And I think the majority of the world is walking around feeling that same thing. Yeah. What? Well, that's exactly it. <laughs> I, yeah. I should just say that that's, that's the big point. It bears repeating. It's, it, you think you're doing okay. And people just think as you age, you just, oh, you just get a dad bod or you just mm-hmm. age. And it's like, yeah, it's like you're, you can't play basketball anymore because your, your joints are stiff or you're going to get hurt or you don't have the energy. All this stuff. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm 36. I play basketball for two hours straight and I'm outrunning all these younger guys. I did a decathlon. I did a pentathlon in the Masters, you know, whatever North American games and got second. You know, wow. all these things you think are, what happens to normal people are completely not what happens to normal people. Yes. Look at the hunter gatherers. This is, you can just think about it, do a thought experiment for 10 seconds in your head and think, huh, you know, where are people running around the savannas and, you know, some, and once they hit 30, they just could, could barely walk, you know, were mm-hmm. stiff and they had, no, they were prime until they died. Almost. Yeah. I talked to a guy, on my podcast, P Cuban, who is from the Arctic Circle, and he's he's a, one of these traditional Sami reindeer hunters that the herders, where they herd reindeer way up north, and they they eat a mostly carnivorous diet. Actually, mostly live off of just the fish and the reindeer. Wow! And his grandpa was ninety five. He's ninety five. He he ate like the traditional diet his whole life. He wanted to visit a friend twenty five miles away. So he went on his skis, he skied 25 miles, he hung out with his friend for a couple hours, skied 25 miles back home. The next day, he just died. He just died of, <laughs> of old age. You know what I mean? It's like, till the day he died, he was strong, 
he, you know, this is how people live. We can get a window into how people are supposed to live. If you look at people who are eating their ancestral diet, the people who haven't eaten the modern foods, and this guy was so interesting because he's, you know, in his 30s mm-hmm. and figured this stuff out. And that's how I got a hold of him because he understood. He's like, I see all the people around me. So everyone between him and his grandpa eats the, the modern foods. The modern foods creep in. And he, he sees them, they're eating the bread and like jam. And so they get the sugar and the flour and the oil. The same story across the world. As soon as indigenous cultures get the yes. sugar, the flour, the oil, their health rapidly deteriorates. So now his parents are not eating their traditional diet anymore and have miserable health and he is trying to not do the same thing so that's that's the story of everyone that's your story that's my story that's yeah that makes me think of i can't remember what documentary i was watching but you you might have seen it but it was uh walking through and and studying the aborigines in australia and is it the magic pill i think so I think so. Yeah. I think so. And yeah, they kind of showed the same thing that with the introduction of breads, mostly, um, that the, the disease and the obesity and the diabetes and the death rates and all that just skyrocketed within that culture. Um, and they, they have some people going in there and modifying diets and basically to a primal diet, more paleo style diet. And they're seeing dramatic, dramatic changes in people's health um just through just through getting them to to earthly grown natural foods that's it yeah i i'm pretty sure it's the magic pill it they yeah they went to the aboriginal tribes in australia is is made by australian guy pete evans who's actually in la right now and i've been hanging out with oh really and he does the paleo fix too right paleo way oh paleo way yes yeah so these both so people listening Netflix, there's called The Paleo Way, the series, and Magic Pills, a movie. He's this, he's amazing. He's an Australian, he's a big, big celebrity. He's a, a chef and he actually has yeah. uh, the top like TV show in Australia for like 10 years. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so um, cool what they did is talk to these indigenous tribes and how quickly their diet, how the diet there affected them and they felt way better and this is kind of a story of weston price mm-hmm. so when i jump in here for a second Please. i'm gonna throw out a lot of people a lot of names and a lot of things for people to check out over the next real uh, quick on the pete evans on the pete evans note his mm-hmm. his paleo way series is awesome because he meets with various people around the world including people um like, um, oh, dang, I'm blanking on his name, but the lead singer of Incubus, which I'm a huge Incubus fan, Brandon, I mm-hmm. uh, can't remember his name right now. Shame on me. I was going to get him confused. Brandon Flowers is uh, a different. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. That's the, that's the killers. Um, okay, yeah. Whatever. But also he meets with like Nako, Nako Bear and Medicine for the People and then chefs like just living outside on the, the hills in England and whatnot, but I highly recommend people to check that, that series out. Okay. But Weston A. Price, yeah, yeah. please go into Weston A. Price because I've listened to their podcast as well with Hilda and mm-hmm. she's actually coming on the podcast later as well, but they have a fantastic pod- podcast called Ancest- Wise, Traditions. Wise Traditions and it's all about ancestral living and whatnot. But yes, talk to us about Weston A. Price. Sure. Hilda's great. She actually came filmed with us with Professor Bill Schindler in Maryland, who's another one of these guys that follows the Weston A. Price 
diet and his learning. So Weston and Price is a foundation now. And it was also a, uh, based on this dentist who was went around the world in the early 1900s. And he was a dentist from Ohio and he saw all these terrible chronic disease and he also saw terrible teeth. People's teeth were falling out, tooth decay, their, their mouths weren't even wide enough to fit all their teeth. And, he's, and he did the same thought experiment. Hey, do you, do, did our ancestors you know, have messed up teeth and they fell out? Like, how did they live? They didn't have dentists. And he's like, there's no way they had all these problems. So he went around the world to find people with perfect teeth and perfect health, it turned out. So he went to the top of the Swiss Alps, to islands in the middle of nowhere, to Australia, to Africa, everywhere. And he found uncontacted civilizations or you know, communities that lived outside of modern foods, technology, all that stuff. And they all had perfect teeth. They all had perfect health. And perfect is obviously exaggeration. But mm-hmm. near <laughs> ideal health and ideal teeth they didn't have chronic disease they didn't have obesity diabetes they didn't have any of these modern diseases and what they all did was they embraced nutrient-dense animal foods their pillar of their diet was animal foods they knew that these had the most nutrition the most bioavailable nutrition and they would eat them around pregnancy They, they understood that you needed to nourish the mother and even the father before they had a child and they would have traditions. So completely different cultures. Obviously, they had no contact. We're mm-hmm. talking about 1900s, you know, indigenous living people. And they all have the same traditions. Eat fish eggs, eat oysters, eat grass-fed b- butter or milk, and eat any seafood, any fat, any organs, liver. They, they ate the whole animal, nose and tail. They would ferment food, vegetable foods. They would soak sprout there so for the plant foods they a lot of people don't know they have anti-nutrients in them right it's like plant foods don't want to be eaten exactly they have their own defense systems mm-hmm. they create little chemicals there's phytates there's oxalates there's lectins there's gluten i mean glu- gluten is exactly the same but gluten type of protein but all these things humans don't do well with mm-hmm. and if you eat too much of them they'll harm you Kidney stones are from oxalates. So if you eat, too, a lot of vegans get kidney stones because they're eating too many oxalates. So they have all these traditional cultures had different ways of preparing these foods to reduce these anti-nutrients and increase the bioavailability. So they would ferment, sprout, soak. You soak nuts and they, you can soak them overnight and then they will be less harmful for you. Mm. So, so all these things that they did well was you know they had the animal foods bioavailable nutrition they they had different preparation techniques and what they didn't do is have the flour sugar and oil yeah it, it's all the same story flour sugar oil vegetable oil is not good if anyone doesn't know this by now just re- look it up if you don't you know trust yeah. me look vegetable oils are terrible for people they're not they're industrial seed oils they're not they weren't even made for human consumption we we kind of reverse engineered it and did all these there's like 18 steps to deodorize and this and that to get you know press some kind of canola flour or whatever seed to to make it into an oil this is not good it's yeah. not what we need to be eating so he found as soon as dr price found as soon as the, the flour sugar oil came in you know there would be some trades and they you know they would uh trade with the 
the foreigners and get these products that, yeah, I mean, they taste great. You know, it's like, hey, this mm-hmm. is a bunch of cheap calories. It tastes good. I get it. They started eating them. They, they thought, you know, no one had any idea there would be a problem. And they would get sick. They get diabetes. Their teeth would start falling out. You could see it intra-generation where you could have a brother. The older brother ate the traditional foods. The younger brother started eating all the flours and sugars. And the younger brother, his teeth, the, the face doesn't even develop correctly. It doesn't the, the jaw is not as wide that all the teeth can't fit. There's more dental decay. It's crooked teeth. It's and but then that just is a sign of health. The, the dental mm-hmm. health is a sign of your whole body's health. And so then there would be the younger brother would be shorter. It would be have more disease. Have you know all these different problems. So that's my big diatribe on Weston Bryce and. That this has been, you know, been observed in a very unbiased way. Dr. Price actually was more of a vegetarian-leaning person who thought he was going to go around the world and prove that a vegetarian diet was great, but he mm. actually found the exact opposite. I did not know that. Going back yeah. to nuts, really quick, do you soak your nuts? Is that recommended? Yeah. Well, I don't eat many nuts anymore, but I do eat sunflower seeds, and I soak them overnight or a couple days. I soak them and then. Uh, yeah, I eat like this mix of cod liver. This is another big thing <laughs> Weston Price found is that cod liver was so nutritious. He could he could fix these child's nutrition that were you know malnourished with cod liver and grass fed butter, and he would just make this little mixture. And, and he even did experiments where he'd you know give half the group you know go to a village and give them half the, uh, the one diet and then half the same diet but with a spoonful of just cod liver and, and grass-fed butter, all these uh, bioavailable uh, fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K, and, and a lot were in that butter. And it was amazing, the changes in the group that got that. Wow. So cod liver, cod liver, something, cod liver oil is something that your grandma may have tried to give you. You know, if you're old, yeah. if you're old enough, people know, you, you know, in America, 1950s, that was, people knew that this was healthy. So I eat, I get cod livers in tin and they in a tin and they come in their own oil and I mix that with sardines, which is another really good nutrient dense food, mm-hmm. and and some sunflower seeds that have been soaked, and that's just the most nutrient dense little. It's basically you can make kind of like a tuna salad, but not really. Tuna. Interesting. Yeah. Do you do you pick those up locally? Those products locally, like at a store, or do you order those online? I order. Well, I actually have a company called Nose the Tail that I is that I your company? It. I was checking. Yeah. Okay, I was checking that website out yesterday. Actually, it's sweet. You can customize all sorts of different sizes of boxes and get yeah bone marrows and uh, ground beefs. It's all grass fed. It looks really legit. I didn't know that was your company. Yeah, that's me. It's nosetail dot org. I I kind of went on this journey and realized I wanted to offer uh, you know practice what I preach. I you know and and try to let people instead of people you know pick up sponsors or all this stuff mm-hmm. i don't want i don't want sponsors i'd rather have my own thing that, yeah and it yeah it has the organ liver like mixed into ground beef so the, the liver these organs are really nutritious but not a lot of people want to eat them so you don't have to buy it from me either you can yeah. just go you know go to whole foods buy some you know grass-fed liver and grass-fed ground beef and it's just a half of, you gotta like grind it up or get a meat grinder yeah but these kind of things are are just we should be eating the whole animal yeah yeah so 
So oh, why yeah, so, don't you sorry. eat? No worries. Why don't you eat nuts other than uh, the sunflower seeds? So this is a long story, okay. but I I don't have a, a real problem with nuts. I just they're they're easy to overeat. Mm-hmm. They they're okay. There's a long story here. So I get into I I work with people who are overweight. I pre, I work at a clinic. I have a business partner who's a doctor, and we have a clinic, and we see patients and who are obese or type type two diabetic, and we're trying to get them to lose weight. Most people in America could lose some weight. Okay, so then there's a whole array of foods that are are healthy and good, and you know basically anything that's not processed, anything that's not sugar refined grains and oils. But then if you get deeper into this, you need to figure out what people are having trouble with, what what causes people to overeat, what causes more just fat gain, really. So, hmm. so dairy and nuts are the two things that people have the most problems with. I've just seen this a lot and talked to a lot of other doctors who do this. So, As far as binging, fine, just eating kind of, too much? Kind of, or just much. overeating. Yeah. Or just you just don't even know it. You're just like eating them or you're snacking on them. I mean, I think snacking is terrible. I, I've never snacked in years. Uh, but that's another story. But mm-hmm. it, yeah, it, you could easily just get <clears throat> too much nutrition, too, too much energy, right? Energy is just excess calories. Yeah. And it's really easy. And they, they actually don't have a great protein to energy ratio, which is a concept that Dr. Ted Nyman talks about. So someone could, anyone listening can look up Dr. Ted Nyman, who's really great. He, this, our, our philosophy is really aligned is, so we have all these really good foods, right? We, if you look at sort of a paleo diet, it, it covers, it, it's mostly accurate, right? It's like, let's go back to what we were eating before. And let's just choose from those foods, and they're all whole foods. But then I think dairy, they exclude dairy just because it wasn't around then. But I think a lot of people can do okay with dairy, especially if it's raw dairy. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, like a grass-fed cow. And maybe, or it's fermented into cheese. Or if it's an A2 cow, which is a different type of cow, and most people have a lot easier time digesting it. So... Mm-hmm. But then, so then there's dairy and nuts. So those are approved on, say, ketogenic diets or or a lot of, you know, diets that I agree with. But you can have problems with them because you can overeat them. When you have carbs and fat together, that's where the the problems occur. Mm -hmm. And dairy and nuts are kind of high carb and high fat at the same time. Interesting. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. It's easy to overeat. It's like... The more high carb and high fat it is, the easier it is to overeat. And and you just need to choose foods that that naturally regulate your appetite. Yeah. Yeah. And see how it makes you feel as well. That's one of the big things that I've kind of just noticed is because I'm I eat pretty dang clean. I'm I like to say I'm like eighty five fifteen. Um as far as the ratio proportion wise, 85% super clean and then 15% I indulge. But, um, I, with doing that, I can see when I add in maybe like a little bit of dairy or a little bit of cheese or whatever it is, I can see how much different I feel afterward. Like, Whoa, okay. My body does not like that. However, there are some people who can, can have that dairy, have that cheese while still eating clean and it's still, they still feel optimized. So it really just goes on feeling as well. But do you eat fruit? 
Not really. <laughs> so I've, I've gone on this journey and, and people listening, don't, you don't have to do this overnight. And you may think this sounds restrictive at first, mm-hmm. but I have just gone down this journey and I've, I've dialed in my diet and I just, I, I don't think modern fruit is good anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our modern fruit has been cultivated and bred and GMO and this and that for I mean, even thousands of years, if you count just natural selection of humans, just naturally selecting the sweeter, juicier, bigger breeds. And now the fruits that we have now are, are nowhere near what our ancestors ate. Our the ancestors would eat an apple that was small and bitter. Yeah. Right. It's like a hundred times more sugar that I think they calculated than, you know, the, these old apples compared to our modern apple. So people are like oh what's wrong with fruit bro like you know people there's all these haters online i'm like like well it's it's not what we were eating it's not what humans are meant to be we eat more sugar in a day oh there's a there's a good quote or statistic it's something like we eat more sugar in a day than people would eat in a whole like year yeah i've heard that quote i think the average male eats like uh, along that line i heard that the average male eats like a hundred pounds of sugar a year a year something ridiculous yeah exactly and and now i mean i eat probably i try to eat as as much as i can like our ancestors i i rarely eat sugar i mean yes on a weekend if there's like one event i could have some sugar but Mm -hmm. other than that i'm really not eating any sugar and another thing we should point out is how disguised sugar is yes because you go into whole foods people i know people who think if it's at Whole Foods, it is healthy. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is insane. 90% <laughs> of that stuff is terrible. Yeah. I'm serious. Like 90%, like everything in the middle aisle, just because it's at Whole Foods and it says organic, that doesn't mean anything. If you're, Especially when you're talking about sugar. So it's like, oh, there's it's natural agave. Mm-hmm. That means nothing. That means nothing. It's just, it's the same. It's even, it could be even more insulinogenic and more, more fructose in this agave that would hurt your liver. Uh, which you know is a big problem, fatty liver, and it's a big problem these days. So you have to be aware that all these added things, just because it say sugar, they have ways of disguising it and making it seem more natural, but it's all the same. And same thing with fruit. Yes, fruit is better than drinking fruit juice where you're extracting all the fiber out and you're just left with pure sugar. Yeah. But still, if you're going to eat just a just sugary fruit and you're, say, a type 2 diabetic or you're trying to lose some weight, Maybe it's not good. Maybe mm-hmm. if you are healthy, you can eat the fruit, and it's totally fine. You you certainly can. Yeah. But it's just there's a lot more to the story. How would you go about craving a sweet tooth if you were trying to still you know uh, adhere to your to your clean eating regimen? Like if you have a Wednesday night and you have a nice solid meal of whatever it is, and you have a sweet tooth, how, what's a healthy way to 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 satiate that? So there's two parts of the story here as well. And it's very complicated. So well, the the answer people don't want to hear is you should you can cure a sweet tooth. And I've been there, mm. for, and I go off and on. But if you don't give your gut microbiome, if you don't give your gut bacteria sugar and, and carbs for long enough, it won't want it. That mm. voice. I, I made a little thing about it. The sugar monster is the sugar monster talking to you, and it was like your stomach talking to you. It's if you don't give it that stuff, the bacteria dies out and you don't crave it. It's amazing. Mm. I've known tons of people. I know a woman who was 280 pounds and she lost 140 pounds, half her body weight in one year 
by just eating all animal foods. And so she had zero sugars and carbohydrates. It was the first time in her life she tried every kind of diet before that the first time in her life that she didn't binge on foods, didn't want snacks and treats. And, and that's what worked for her. And I've seen, I've, I've had that where if I don't eat, you know, stuff for long enough, I'm like, Hey, I don't want that. That's so interesting. I don't want dessert right now. Yeah, yeah. So if you do want it, but then that's fine. But I don't think that's for everyone. It, mm-hmm. It's very restrictive. So if you have self-control and I would say have dark chocolate, have the darkest chocolate yeah. you could get, you can have, yeah, there's certain berries and you, you could have like some high fat, you know, like a Greek yogurt and berries. You can have uh, maybe, you know, the, 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 there's this whole controversy over sweeteners. Though. Like you mm-hmm. can have, there's like, keto, like I tried some keto ice cream. Okay. I have it in my freezer now and uh, you know, it's, it's good. It's pretty good. It's, it, it, it uses real cream and real ingredients. Plus it has erythritol and monk fruit, like a little bit of monk fruit. So it, you can have these sort of semi-natural sugar alternatives that don't have the same glycemic response in your body. But then the controversy is, well, maybe it's not great for your microbiome where it's still having that sweetness or it's, there's just a lot more to the story. Yeah. Yeah. That there's some insane science behind that, that I've heard kind of along that line. One being that there's, uh, they proved this as far as bacteria being able to control its host organisms appetites through, I can't remember who was talking about this or was explaining this study, Mm -hmm. but there was some bacterium that got inside that this bacterium grows extremely well with a certain type of plant apparently. And this bacterium got into like a lizard or an insect or something and changed the microbiome within that insect or lizard so that that insect or lizard would crave the plant that that bacterium thrives with but that plant is not typically eaten by that insect or lizard so it changed the microbiome so that this its mm. its host would eat this plant so that it would defecate out the plant with the bacterium and then it it would be able to thrive itself which is it's, nuts it's amazing i saw i don't know i saw a nature series on netflix that had some of this stuff yeah their their nature is so interesting how it works like that and yeah it's nuts. So what is it? Walk us through like a typical day of you eating. Do you, do you eat breakfast? No, okay. no, I haven't. I don't think anyone needs breakfast. I think it's, you can get in the conspiracy side and say it's just all created by the food industry, which uh-huh. it kind of was yeah, <laughs> where yeah. they decided they wanted to sell, you know, they want to sell cornflakes and it's like most nutritious meal of the day. You got to get your corn, all that stuff. No, you don't need it. I don't think our ancestors ate breakfast. I don't know how they would have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had to go out and get it. They had to hunt it and gather it. And so I do not eat for 16 hours at a time. And then I eat for eight hours. It's, it's condensed eating window. It's time restricted feeding. Some people say it's intermittent fasting, but I basically eat at around 1 PM. And that's just when I get hungry. If you do it long enough, it may be, hard at the beginning and you're because you're used to having breakfast but yeah. once you get fat adapted you start eating the correct foods and your body switches over to a fat burning metabolism and then you eventually start going longer and longer without eating in the day you have great benefits there's so there's autophagy which 
people can look up and read mm-hmm. more about, but you cellular cleanup. It's, you know, when you spend time not eating yourself as a and body has a chance to repair itself and you actually are more in the fasted state. So here's a little concept, the fed state versus the fasted state. You want to be in the fasted state more than the fed state. Hmm. The biggest problem with the world and obesity, type diabetes, chronic disease is most people spend way too much time in the fed state. They're eating all the time. Uh, There's a statistic that most people, the average person eats every two hours for 16 hours. They're eating <laughs> from when they wake up until they go to sleep. And they're like, and they're having snacks and they're eating 300 grams of carbs per day, which is insane. I think that's the average is 300 grams. That would, would never happen in the wild mm. in, you know, our human history. So I kind of do the opposite of that where I only eat for eight hours a day. And I, and I, so I'm in the fasted state. So in the fasted state, that's when you're burning fat and people want to lose weight you need to be in the fasted state that's when your body can actually burn its own fat it's so hard to burn fat for most people because they're never in the fasted state yeah. you can just see a simple graph of this it's like every time you eat you you can see this graph go up you can see like a line wave you know like an xy axis with a line and it will go way up and that and then to get below the x-axis to actually burn fat you need to not eat for long enough or need to not eat a a lot of carbohydrates and then you will be in fat burning mode yes a couple things i want to underscore there you your body definitely adjusts and adapts and becomes used to being in the fasted state i've totally experienced that as well and it is a little bit more difficult at first just because there's you know sudden change to your body and what your body's used to but um it definitely gets better and you kind of crave it it's kind of an addicting feeling being Mm, in that fasting state and you really really start to notice how your physiology changes when you consume whatever it is you consume that makes you exit the fasted state and that makes you be hyper conscious of what you put into your body because if it's not good then all of a sudden you're feeling great and then you feel like crap and you want to take a take a nap or um you're you're you just get brain fog or your energy just goes down completely or whatever so it really almost kind of perpetuates the clean eating because you fasted for so long you're feeling good you want to continue that feeling it's like I could either have this croissant or, you know, this coffee with, you know, some type of artificial sweetener or whatever, or I can have like, you know, whatever, some meat or, um, some whatever it is. Or black coffee or not eat. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Do you drink, that was going to be my next question in the morning. Do you drink coffee or tea? Yeah. So I drink black, co- I'm drinking black coffee now. I just kind of mm-hmm. sip on it in the morning. I make my own French press and, you know, good coffee, organic, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have. I have, I have no sweetener. This is, a, this is all a journey. This yeah. is all a journey. Totally. So in the beginning totally. I was, I was using some kind of like keto creamer or whatever, like, mm-hmm. or I was using some kind of stevia and then you just gradually get down to nothing and then it's great and you love it. That's exactly and, what I went through. Yeah. And, and and you're right, you, you crave this state. I'm actually like mad if I have to eat, you know, some yeah. like crazy day schedule. I got to do a film shoot all day and I'm like, this is my one chance to eat and it's 10 a.m. I'm like, I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat at 10 a.m. <laughs> you know, like I want to be fasted. I want to do my routine. I want to, but then I just have to do it because yeah. 
And then what's great too, this is very universal, uh, that people who are fat adapted, they lose their not addiction, but their reliance on food. They have, they don't need to eat. Mm. I used to get insane. My actually, I think I even had a, a medical problem called hyperacidity, where if I didn't eat for four to six hours, my stomach acid, like ate my stomach basically ate itself because it was so <laughs> addicted to just carbs and eating carb fuels. Yeah. And, and it was called a hypercity and it was insane. And then I got fat adapted and it went away. And now I could not eat for 24 hours. I it's insane. I never thought I'd be able to do that. But if I'm distracted and if I, your, your body just can burn its own fat and this happens to every to everyone really who does it is that it's liberating it's that they can go you're not a slave to food and yes. if, and this is what this is once you get into this mode i feel like this is just a bunch of people people who are getting fat adapted eating this way we're evangelizing we're so fired up about it because we figured out life kind of yeah, totally we're like oh totally. this is it yeah, this is how our answer. Then you, it all makes sense. You're like, yes, of course, this is how we live. Why do I feel so good? Why does this work? This is how we evolved. We didn't always have food. We didn't, uh, couldn't always get a hunt and get a kill and get an animal and we could go days and we felt fine and we had even more energy, maybe more mental acuity, you know, because we, we needed to have this because we needed to get that animal. We yep. needed to be sharp. We needed to, you know, it's very obvious once you get there. So that's why people are so totally. fired up about it. And then they, uh, people are like, what's with these like low carb people? They're so crazy. <laughs> you keep using the, your, the, the term fat adapted is, are you talking about ketosis? Are you in ketosis with your diet or can you explain? Mm, yeah. That? So, yeah. So I kind of follow like a sapien. I call it sapien diet. Mm -hmm. Sapien is just my version of this is what humans are supposed to eat. And, Yes, you are mostly burning fat. You're, you're in ketosis a lot, but I don't believe like a keto diet is sort of like this fad. It's not a fad in the sense of it's not true. It's a fad yeah. as in it's very popular in the media, like could make yeah. fun of it. Or, but, I even have kids could, at my high school, like uh, I'm a high school teacher and I have mm -hmm. freshmen in high school. They're like, oh, my parents put me on the keto diet. So I have to have like a, <laughs> I have to have a cheeseburger tonight that's lettuce wrapped and stuff. And I'm like, what? That is does not sound optimal. That's interesting. <laughs> That's very interesting that it's gone that far. Dude, but, it, uh, multiple students have said that, not just one, multiple on different occasions. So, And that's just this year because you've seen kind of keto take off within the last probably year, I feel like. but yeah. And this year, this school year, I've had at least four students say that to me on separate occasions. Well, I mean, it's not the end of the world. People, humans ate high-fat diets for all of history. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't think we need to be putting kids on keto diets and all that kind of thing. We need to just have them eat nutrient dense whole foods. So, and and you know sometimes it's just accidentally a keto diet in a yeah. way, right? So yeah. the Sapien framework it encompasses a bunch of different diets, and it just you can kind of customize it to yourself because we can't just say everyone should be on the same diet. And I think some of these keto diets can be very poor, very mm -hmm. poor nutrition. You could eat just a bunch of bacon and and like cheese mm -hmm. and and weird keto shakes and weird keto treats and be on a keto diet that's not good you want to just eat my my diet is like the exact opposite of that it's like if you could formulate like a lot of people have like the worst keto diets with processed foods and cheeses and bacon this and that and mine is 
could be the same ratios, you know, the same macronutrient ratios, but I'm eating sardines, salmon, eggs, beef, and mm-hmm. uh, some fermented vegetable, mm. right? So I, it's completely opposite of someone else's keto diet. So I just listed things that I feel are very nutrient dense. They have low anti-nutrients. They have the best bioavailable nutrition. And so I am not always in ketosis, but I also don't care. I, yeah. My goal is not to be in ketosis. I've never measured it. I yeah. don't count calories. I don't count macronutrient ratios. I have figured this out through a bunch of great scientists and doctors and all this kind of thing that I've studied for the past five, six years is that when you eat the correct foods, you don't have to worry about any of that. Totally. And that you don't need to worry about how much you eat. You need to worry about what you eat. It's all about food choice. That's the only thing that matters. If you choose the correct foods, you're full for the right amount of time. I talked about, you know, natural satiety, like being, being full for the right amount of time. And that is all just what you eat. So yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's so accurate. And I feel like that, like I said, uh, our stories run, run parallel to each other because people ask me too, do you do keto? Do you do, you know, just whatever it is, all these different names of diets. And it's like, man, I'm just trying to eat nutrient dense foods. And I think sometimes I'm in ketosis. I've lost like 30 pounds within the last, you know, uh, two and a half years and it's all been Mm -hmm. fat and, but I don't really care because I'm just eating these different foods. And sometimes I, I feel like I might be in ketosis, but really my body, I, I just hope that it can adapt to ketosis, use fat. And then if it needs to use some carbs or sugar or glucose or whatever, it can, it can do that. But it's just an adapted body state that kind of just goes back and forth depending on what nutrient dense foods I fuel my body with. Well, exactly. So we kind of started off, you asked about fat adapted. So being fat adapted, means that it means that your body can burn fat it has access to a fat metabolism and most people only have good access to a glucose-based metabolism Mm -hmm. like 90 something percent of the world is just relying on glucose and their body runs well on glucose and it used to run on glucose and it, it stays that way but your body can change and so they're never really burning fat they're never really in that fat adapted state because they're getting carbs every two to four hours, right? Yeah. So they never have to. But uh, if you want to be fat adapted, you have to eat a few enough carbs where that your body can actually switch over and get used to burning fat. And then the ultimate goal is becoming metabolically flexible, which is kind of what you mentioned. Yep. It's you If you have some carbs, fine. If you have some fat, fine. Your body's ready for it. Just most people aren't in that state because it takes time you have to so the whole ketogenic diet is about getting in the fat adapted state but they're they're like you got to be fat adapted forever mm-hmm. but i'm kind of like no you know maybe it takes three weeks people call the keto flu and you get yeah. you feel a little bad and i i felt a little bad yeah i remember the day and i just had no energy and i could barely i wouldn't play beach volleyball and i could barely move and i just went home yeah you know it was like <laughs> but but i mean that ha- it's, it's your body is for also kind of trying to kick basically a drug which is sugar and yep. carbs are basically kind of like a drug so it's a bit of a withdrawal phrase it's a bit of not having enough electrolytes you need to probably supplement with some electrolytes mm-hmm. when you're going through that fat adaptation but anyway you, once you get there then you can 
you'll feel amazing. I, I lost a lot of weight myself, even though I was already in shape. Yeah. And already skin. I went down three pan sizes, even though I was already just yeah. a completely slim, athletic dude. And I went down three more. I had to get new board shorts. I knew everything. Same man. Skinny fat. Yeah, you can be skinny fat. So a lot of people are out there. Back to that theme. A lot of people are out there just chugging along, thinking they're great, and then nope. There's a whole new world out there. Totally. And you get fat adapted, and then you can become metabolically flexible. So after a while, you okay, your body's like, okay, I can burn fat. I get it. And then, but it's like, hey, maybe I want to have like, uh, there's some French fries that are cooked in beef fat uh, yeah. around me in LA, and so not in vegetable oils. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to have some of these fries, right? Yeah. Okay, I can because I'm ready. I, my body is used, to, you know, can deal with any fuel once you're. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on a typical day, one o'clock comes around. What are you putting on your plate? Uh, I'll cook a ribeye. I'll do. Dang like it! One three... o'clock ribeye, huh? Oh man, yeah. It's it's a great lifestyle. See, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm working at home these days. Nice. Um, uh, half of, most of the time so i I'll, so yeah i'll make um you can get like a bunch of sausage and eggs and avocado mm-hmm. you can have fish just anything i just eat i make a burger like, yeah like bunless burgers mm-hmm. just like get a bunch of ground beef i do my nose and tail ground beef with the organs mixed in and you know have some sauerkraut on the side kimchi onions mushrooms like i'm really only eating just meat, fish, eggs, fermented vegetables, some mushrooms, avocado, and some onions. Mm. <laughs> like yeah. I told you I, in the beginning, I was like, it sounds restrictive, but that that to me is the most beautiful food totally. possible. No, my mouth is watering right now. Just grilled, yeah, grilled onions, grilled mushrooms, so good avocado. Yeah, I'm eating oysters. I'm eating just the most delicious things I can imagine. Yeah, and then the same thing for dinner. Same thing with dinner. So, yeah, so I, at 1 o'clock also, so I'll, I'll do my little routine. So I just work, drink coffee all morning. At noon, say noon, I'll go outside, get sun. This is so important. We're yeah. solar-powered creatures. And Mark Sisson talks about it, and a lot of people talk about it, but it's like, oh, yeah, get some sun, get some sun, whatever. No, it's huge. Yeah. It, it, look up D is for debacle. Anyone on YouTube, D is for debacle. Ivory Cummins put together this amazing presentation. If you watch it, you're like, whoa, I'm getting out in the sun every day, getting my vitamin D. Most people in the world are deficient in vitamin D, and your whole body gets messed up from there. There's so many disease processes that happen from the lack of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. You just need vitamin D. We were humans. We were roaming the savanna all day, and we need vitamin D. So I get some sun. I read or I do work, and I get – full sunlight, you know, with swimsuit on, you know, like no shirt, full mm-hmm. body sunlight for, I'm up to 30, probably 36 minutes. I'll do maybe 18 minutes on each side. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come in and eat at one. Then I work all the rest of the day. Then I'll go at like seven, maybe around six thirty-seven. I I go work out and I do my workout. It's only 17 minutes. And then I eat maybe seven thirty-eight eat the same thing, just all the delicious nutrient-dense foods. And then I, that's it. So I'm, I'm eating twice a day, and I'm eating about four hours after I wake up, and I'm eating about four hours before I go to sleep. Hmm. That's so, good. 
You mentioned yeah. a 17 minute workout. What does that look like? Because I'm, so, again, yeah. we are very similar. I do not need an hour at the gym. I do not even need 45 minutes. I give me 30 minutes, 20 minutes. I can be gassed and feel great and just be, you know, dripping in sweat. So what does your 17 minute workout look like? Exactly. Uh, so, and you can even go as far as Dr. Ted Nyman that I mentioned earlier, who's, mm-hmm. who's great. And I, actually, I want people to buy his book. I, I just love him. We're the same person, basically. I, I just interviewed him on my podcast, and his book's coming out on November 1st. What's the it P called? The P-E Diet. The, P, P, the P-E Diet. That's a protein to energy. Okay. So, I mentioned that earlier, the protein to energy, which is all that really matters. I'll go back into this real quick on this nutrition stuff. It kind of wraps up everything we've been talking about. You need to look at any food has a protein to energy ratio. Energy is carbs or or fat, right? Mm-hmm. And then the protein is the protein. The protein and the micronutrients, the protein and all the vitamins and minerals are the important part. The carbs and fat are just basically fuel sources. Okay, so you can, we'll just lump them together as energy, right? You use those as energy, and then you use the protein and micronutrients as building blocks for your body. Okay. So every food has a protein to energy ratio. So you can look at a food label and say, okay, how much protein does it have? Oh, it's 10 grams. How much fat does it have? How much carbs? And then you subtract the fiber because fiber doesn't do either. It just mm-hmm. kind of goes through you. And then you can do a little math and it's just, okay, protein divided by, by the energy, you get a number. And you can put that on a scale, like on a graph, a chart, kind of like a speedometer type thing. And you can see at the very top, is pure protein like whey protein or egg white and then you can have like chicken breast and like mushrooms and green vegetables like these are just if you actually look at the protein to energy they're very high mm-hmm. so it's, and then you get down to beef and eggs and all the animal foods and mushrooms and like green vegetables are actually just mostly protein and micronutrients and then the very bottom the worst things that have the worst protein to energy ratio is sugar oil mm-hmm. bread pasta potatoes all this stuff has just a ton of energy and not a lot of protein Mm. so this is kind of like this semi-unbiased way of looking at things like why do you not eat carbs well i just don't think they're very nutritious you know what i mean they don't have a good protein energy ratio my body wants protein it doesn't want a bunch of excess energy so here's the big thing humans mammals we have studies in all kinds of different mammals they eat until they get enough protein Right, mm-hmm. so it's called the protein leverage hypothesis. If I want to, if I, my body wants whatever 140 grams of protein a day, I'm going to eat um, until I get that. So the thing is, if you're eating potatoes and starches and all this stuff with a low protein to energy ratio, you're going to have to eat much more mm-hmm. to get to that protein. Right? It's very simple. If I was trying to get enough protein by eating, you know, pasta with vegetables with a little bit of chicken breast. And, you know, then another meal later, some soup or a salad with like a little bit of turkey. Okay, I'm having to eat maybe 3,000 calories to get enough protein. Or I could eat the diet that I listed out and I could eat 1,800 calories and get enough protein. Mm. That's why I stay lean is because I am completely full. My body is completely amazingly happy and running well and firing on all cylinders on 1800 calories of protein and fat and i I have no i I just don't need any excess calories other than that because i eat a high protein energy ratio diet that makes a lot of sense 
That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I love that. I'm definitely going to be checking out that book. November 1st, you said it drops? November 1st. Sweet. It's, it's, it's an amazing book. It has tomorrow, whenever, I don't yeah. know when you're going to release this, but yeah. it's, it has all the visuals. I want to support Ted and everything cool. he does. He's a doctor. He's just a doctor. Yeah. He's not trying to make a bunch of money. He's, he's spent years giving out information. And this is the first thing he's ever sold. That's so, awesome. Cool. So he, okay. So I got on this Ted Nyman talk Robbie, because he is jacked. He's a doctor. He works all day and he works out for 10 minutes. So the second <laughs> half of his book is about how to work out correctly. And it's just about going working hard it's about intensity it's not about the racing i stopped doing any treadmill stuff i stopped doing all this stuff and i got more ripped mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't need to do all this long steady state cardio unless you like it if you yeah. want to go for a run i 100 percent applaud you do it whatever you want but if you're trying to lose weight and you don't like to run you don't need to go on an hour jog mm -hmm. you don't need to go on a three-hour bike ride you need to do intense exercise. You need to tell your body to get stronger. Your so many things will happen. Your muscles will respond and get bigger. Your lean mass. You want a higher lean mass. You want. Uh, it's not all about getting jacked. It's about even you would use more energy, right? Your more your metabolism will burn more fat if you have more muscle, right? Yeah. yeah. So there, there's many good things to do it, and you're not going to just like get jacked like a bodybuilder all of a sudden mm -hmm. some women you know tell me like oh i don't want to be all muscle bound and like that i'm like no just mm -hmm. because you're doing a bit of resistance training and some weights doesn't mean you're gonna get and look like a bodybuilder that takes yeah. so much effort that takes years that takes all kinds of stuff so that's not gonna happen to you you just want a better body composition yeah do pull-ups push-ups squats it's very simple it's exactly. a push exercise a pull exercise a squat some sort of leg training and if you go to failure, you can do this in 10 minutes. So Ted goes to the extreme and does it for only 10 minutes, and he'll do it like every day. And he'll just do his full body for maybe five, six days a week, and you just go to failure. So the important part is going to failure until mm. you can't do it anymore. So for me, I have a weight vest, and I put on – I'm up to 40 pounds. It's, it's maxed out. So it's 40 pounds weight vest. I do pull-ups until I can't do a single pull-up and I do like a half a pull-up and I'm just struggling. Then I stop. Okay? Then I take off the weight vest and then I do the pull-ups again mm. until I can't do any more and I'm struggling. I mean, basically, you could just do that. That could take you two minutes yeah. and that's your your arms and your bicep and back workout. Yeah. If you, if you go to failure, if you truly go hard and then you can move to like a push-up type of thing or – you could do weight if you have some dumbbells and do the same thing. There's something called drop sets where you do the weight. So I have these, my gym only has 50 pound dumbbells. So I'm doing 50 pound dumbbells, uh, bench press, right? Mm -hmm. Do the bench. And then I do as many as I can until I'm struggling. Then I put them down. Then I go to the 40 pound demo many as I can. And I'm yeah. just struggling. Then I go to the 30 pound demo. And, and then if you do that, each one to failure, and that's called a drop set. So you mm -hmm. do the fifties and the forties and the thirties. So I dropped, I did two drop sets and that you are, you have told your muscle, you must get bigger. You must get stronger. Yeah. And you, you, if you go in there and just, Oh yeah, I did 10 pushups and all I do is 10 pushups. That's my thing. That doesn't do that. You're not going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Maybe in the beginning, you know, if you, you, it'll help you a little bit, but this, this steady state thing doesn't help you at all. You need to, 
tell your body demand it to get stronger. That's also good, man. And I completely relate and identify with that. I'm actually out here uh, in my in my garage in my office, and I can see my my pull up bar and my TRX and that's what I do. I just come out here and I just get after it pretty much till till failure, like you said, and then I'm done. I just, I don't have any more to give and I, I it doesn't need to be a super long workout. I'm not like, you know, BSing with people and listening to crazy music and just kind of sitting there. I just get after it and then I'm done. Exactly. That's so funny. Yeah, people at the gym, it's like a social hour. I know. I, I've seen this my whole life. I played sport, you know, even in high school, people were just like, hanging out by the water fountain people are like texting like it's ridiculous yeah it is man all right we got a couple minutes left i want you to tell people about your upcoming documentary food lies yeah that's so i said uh you know a couple years ago i made all these changes i realized that i need to tell people about this there's no movie out there that kind of wraps it all up there's that's also about the time that what the health came out, right? This vegan film. And it was, and it, it was just so disheartening to see a movie based on animal rights. And, you know, just they twist information, they twist science and basically make a propaganda film that is not based on any science. So I decided I needed to make something to show the real story, show the both sides that these vegans are only looking at one side, right? They're looking, they're fitting their narrative to not harm animals which is you know i i respect that that's like let's let's have as least suffering as possible but in reality for something to live something must die this is how Mm -hmm. nature works this is how humans exist this is how the entire food chain works there's no animal that that you know doesn't eat another animal well that's their system yeah they they have no qualms eating another animal because this is their human nature obviously if they're herbivore they don't eat other animals but they are different from us and these herbivores you know have a different digestion system that works for digesting grass and we are not that and i watched this new game changers film on netflix where they're you know all these athletes are trying to say oh yeah be you can be vegan this is better no we don't have the same digestive system as a gorilla we we don't have it same as our chimp ancestors we've changed we have evolved for millions of years away from them into a different digestive system it's not it's it does not get that adequate nutrition a vegan diet there's a big vegan influencer family that had 175,000 followers and there's this big eight years of veganism just yesterday they posted we are not vegan anymore our kids are sick we <laughs> for health reasons we suck it, it's a huge story people are messaging me about it this happens every week these days is some big vegan person influencer is like okay i i'm i've quit i yeah. i was wrong it doesn't work it, it's not it's not right so the movie food lies it's not an anti-vegan film it's a film looking at all sides of the story and then we we understand how food works it's basically all the stuff i've been talking about it's like let's yeah. just think about how food works in humans and and it's it's a bit simple. It's just protein to energy ratio, and that you know don't eat carbs and don't eat sugars, refined grains, and vegetable oils, and eat whole foods, and don't eat all the time. So we kind of break down. We look at the entire history. We look at evolution. We look at um, what we went wrong and like the food pyramid in the past fifty years of bad science. We look at the new science. We look at sustainable farming and how we can do this better and raise animals and plants together and and everything kind of lines up where we there, there is a way of eating that helps the 
humans. It helps people lose weight. It helps people reverse disease. It helps the environment. Even if you're raising cows properly, they're on grass, they're fertilizing the soil. There's this whole intricate system that nature knows how to do. It's mm-hmm. a perfect harmonious cycle. And, and that's what the film's about. That's what my life's about is spreading this message that it, it's very simple when you stop having biases and it's just like having wars of like, Oh, this is my diet or carbs are bad. Carbs are good. Let's just, there's a unifying theory here and it's, it's kind of what I've been talking about this whole time. And I'm, I say eat densely, move intensely. I'll kind of wrap it up here where, you know, there's this thing like eat less, move more. It was this thing we've been saying for like 20 years and it doesn't work. It's stupid. It's meaningless. You're just, it's just nothing. It's telling people nothing. People already know that they should be eating less and moving more, but no, but that's not even exactly how it works. You need to eat densely, eat nutrient dense foods, and then move intensely, not more necessarily. It could be 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's, that's it. And oh, sorry, I want to tack this on because I brought up Game Changers. I'm doing a, a mini doc coming out before the main Food Lies film because Food Lies turned into a really big project. It's not going to be out until June. Um, but we're doing a mini doc that's going out on YouTube and it's debunking Game Changers, this new vegan film. And it's coming out on the day before Thanksgiving. So very soon. Awesome. We're on it. We're on Indiegogo. We're, we already started shooting it. We have a whole bunch of doctors and scientists who break down every single minute of this film <laughs> and show how false it is, how it's misrepresented science, how it's gimmicks. They do some ridiculous like boner study where they like, have you seen it yet? It's, no, it's I haven't. I haven't watched it because I just don't. I don't even want to entertain it nor support it. And I've seen 100%. reputable people like you and like other people who I follow just basically dog on it. And it's like, I, I mean, I trust you guys to vet it out for me, so I don't even want to give it the time. Yeah. Of day. <laughs> There's no time for it. I don't even want to give it another view on Netflix, but I had to watch it a exactly. couple of times yeah. to make it. But yes, there's Dr. Ryan Lowry breaks it down. Dr. Sean Baker breaks it down. There's tons of different articles online written. So basically, I'm getting all those people to to be in this little mini film, and we're debunking it all so people can support that on Indiegogo and Food Lies on Indiegogo. Yeah. So sweet. That's, that's what I'm doing. Awesome, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I can't wait to check both of those out actually. And I'll put links to all of your websites, including the Sapiens website, the Nose to Tail, the Indiegogos. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Brian, thanks so much for doing this, dude. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I'd love to spread this message. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks. All right, guys. Later. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the instrumental used on the intro and outro of this podcast. Also, a big thanks to the good people at Capital Floats, which is Northern California's premier sensory deprivation and float tank facility. I am a frequent user there, and the experience is transformative to say the least. And for listeners of this podcast, they are offering an exclusive deal of 40% off the normal price for a single float. Just go to capitalfloats.com and use the promo code life enchanted with no spaces at checkout if you're in northern california you definitely want to take advantage of this please remember that i am not a doctor so definitely consult your physician before making any sudden diet supplement or lifestyle changes suggested in any of these episodes if you're interested in connecting with me you can send an email to nick n-i-c-k at mylifeenchanted.com 
or you can find me on Instagram at my life enchanted. Peace.